Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. We are back at full podcast strength this week as I return from the frozen tundra in the Great White North. And I'm very excited to continue Andy's discussion from last week about how John is marching to the finish line and going to win this game. How's that prediction working out for you, Andy? I think I know two things pretty definitively. One, John Mish is the winner of San Juan del Sur. And uh, mm-hmm. two, uh, Tony Vlachos is not the winner of uh, Survivor Kagan. Those are the ones I nailed. Totally nailed it. Hey, by the way, I have to point out before we even get to discussing this episode, there was another Alec mouth-breathing shot this week. Oh, my God. It was so, the, it was the mouth-breathing shot of mouth-breathing shots. It was so I mean, epic. It just lingered there. Yeah, it, it seemed like a still, but it was actually live footage. Uh, and what was great is that it pointed out to everybody what we've been saying the whole time. Because uh, yeah, I don't know if everybody noticed. It's like, wow, what was Alec doing? It's like, what he always does. That's Alec's face. <laughs> I I have referenced Alec's mouth breathing several times this season on the podcast. So if you were playing the mouth breathing Alec drinking game, you are not legally allowed to drive after watching that episode. <laughs> also, Jacqueline actually asked if Alec voted for himself. So if you ever needed a testament to what Alec was as a survivor player. That's it right there. Maybe he got that confused, but he somehow broke a rule and they're like, no, 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 we're good. Just let him go. (laughs) No, it's, it's cool. (laughs) Don't even bother fixing it. Just let him go home. So, Hey, speaking of last week's podcast that I was not a part of, Natalie's plan worked. It did. You guys were all down on her decision-making and you doubted her decision to keep Keith and said that she should have gone after Jacqueline instead. And your logic in that was that she would be taking half measures to not go after Jacqueline since John was immune. But since I wasn't here, I couldn't tell you that going after Jacqueline would have been a half measure because John is her actual target, not Jacqueline. So your logic is flawed there. She definitely made the right move, and now I feel vindicated because it has worked out for her. Well, just as an FYI, I want you to know that Alec also isn't John, so I'm not quite sure where the goes there. Like, she still didn't get John last week. But uh, she did get to execute her plan because she kept Keith. Whether that was the thing that caused it to work or not, I don't know. It's kind of a sad testament that Keith would be the better person to keep around because he's more reliable for an alliance than Alec. This is the same guy who totally blew up Reed's plan earlier this season. But I think that was part of her decision, too, in keeping him. Not just the immunity win possibility, but also the fact that she thought he was maybe more reliable in some way. Yeah, I think there's two things. So one, and we just, we couldn't have known this, but things after the fact seem to suggest that Alec had a closer relationship to John. And it was, if Alec was going to be useful to anybody, it would have been John, not Natalie. So that's crucial information to that. Then yes, get rid of him because he's not going to work with you. Keith maybe possibly could. And then the other thing that, you know, I think after I recorded the podcast, or maybe even during, it entered my head, but I just didn't, d- dismissed it maybe, is just how easily Natalie was able to just be like, oh, dude, I totally screwed up. I thought we were supposed to vote Alec. That's what you told me. Um, she knew she could do that because she knows these people. And I, my flaw was probably operating in a more uh, conventional survivor universe where people aren't so gullible. Your other flaw was that you seemed to deploy some sort of like Fargo slash Manitoba accent there for Natalie. 
No, no. I nailed it. That was true. I for sure. Yes. Your accents and imitations are flawless. So last week, you're talking about, you know, she should have taken out Jacqueline instead. Wait, wait. I want to take... hold up. I thought what I said is she should have done nothing. She should have just voted out Keith. That's what I said. But if you're going to do something, Jacqueline seemed like a more intelligent play than Alec, which seemed to be, you know, basically useless. Listen, I'll decide what you said last week, okay? <laughs> All right. I got so, a lot yes, of things wrong, defense. but I want to make sure we got how I got things wrong <laughs> correct. Okay. So, assuming the plan B in your scenario, if she goes after Jacqueline, John now knows that he has to either play his idol or win immunity, and there's a decent chance that he could win immunity. In fact, in that challenge that we saw in this episode, assuming he knew that he was on the block, I think he probably beats Natalie in that immunity challenge. I think you're insane, I mean, right? I'm going to stop you right there. He did everything he could. The wind blew his thing down. If he if he knew he needed it that much more, he would have blocked the wind? Yes. Obviously, John would have, you know, using his relationship with God, he would have said, listen, God, <laughs> I kind of need this one, the way athletes do. And I think God was like, I need not We're good. And he, he literally <laughs> sent the wind. Anyway, the point is, John would have either played his idol this week, or just if he had one immunity, he uses that. And then now Natalie is a target and John can just as easily go running back to Missy and say, you know, listen, don't betray me. You and I have this bond, blah, 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 and get Natalie out. So I don't think gunning for Jacqueline would have helped her case. Right. That's why she should have voted out Keith. Like what should have happened if, again, I'm not on the island. So full credit to Natalie. She was, is by not voting the way she was supposed to vote, should have tipped off John that he was in trouble and Natalie was untrustworthy and then she should have been a target and maybe he should have, if it didn't work out, he should have played his idol. Like, that's what should have happened. What I didn't put into my calculus, because again, my my opinion was, don't vote out Alec, just go with the plan. You don't get to vote out John tonight, so just wait. I didn't think she would have gotten such an early, uh, another shot so easily after switching it up on everybody. If John were a smarter survivor player, her whole, uh, I just didn't know, I thought I, wa- I did what I was supposed to do, would have rang all the BS alarms and Natalie would have been scrambling. Now, I'm giving her credit. She knew that she could get away with such a lie. And she also knew that Baylor let her get away with such a lie because she obviously knew her relationship with Baylor was tight. For me, again, looking at what should have happened is her little move to get to keep Keith instead of Alec should have cost her all of the trust that she had built up. But it didn't. It did not. Also, speaking of trust, how is Missy so adamant that she won't vote John out but she's promised Natalie a spot in the final three with her and Baylor. Does she not know how final threes work? Is she not aware of how many people are in a final three? I actually have a bit of an answer to that one. Um, okay. She was promising Natalie uh, a spot in the final three, not necessarily Baylor. And um, this comes from John's exit interview. Apparently the plan for the final five, which is why I guess John, again, was so snowed over to the fact that, you know, not everybody was in on his final five plan was that Baylor and Jacqueline were not going to make the final three by their own admission. They were going to volunteer Falling on the sword. Yeah. They were going to volunteer to go to the jury box in order to help their pairings. 
And if, again, if any of this is true, although it's so whacked out that at least people probably like said, yeah, 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 we'll do that, whether they were going to do it or not. So I think the planned final three for John and possibly Missy was Missy, John, Natalie. Wow. Yeah. Would not have seen that coming. No, 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 no. We could have talked <laughs> about this season for 10 hours and I never would have come up with that. But Yeah, no. Yeah, so, and if that is true on any level, and again, it could be true in that it's like Natalie would have been like, yeah, 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 sure, let's do that. Uh, whether anybody was actually going to do that, who knows? Uh, John mm-hmm. seemed like he was going to do that. Um, that could explain a lot of what was happening. A lot of why John didn't think that Natalie would have any other plans because he thought that he had already set her up with a final three. Maybe it, why it didn't bother him that she was very close to Missy because, again, doesn't matter. You're in the final three with us. And also maybe even speaks to the fact that when he was like, you know, I can't wait to tell the jury that Natalie screwed up her final jury vote in the final three. It's because, yeah, he thought she was going to be there. Like, that was the plan. Stick with the plan. Interesting little tidbit there. I do wonder why Missy would agree to that knowing that, well, I guess she doesn't know, that if it's her and Baylor together, they're going to at least get 150 grand between them. And, you know, if it's just her, good luck with your 50 grand. I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> Enjoy your third place finish. Yeah, there is, like everybody else, Missy thinks she's the star and she's going to win. Which, yeah, that's shows a nice level of confidence in oneself. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think, like, if you're on the island, you could see at least why you would think Missy has a better chance of winning than Baylor. Because Baylor has gotten so many votes at this point that is like, yeah, nobody's going to vote for Baylor. They've tried to been getting rid of her this whole time. So Missy's our best shot. And also, you know, she did tell Baylor to get in the back seat because she's driving this thing. Exactly. Mama Bear is going to drive this train to the final three. Um, wow, that was interesting. I know I completely derailed you. Sorry. I I shouldn't have filled you in on that. No, you just blew my mind. But yeah, let's talk about Natalie. Let's get back to Natalie, because as much okay. as, you know, I'm like re-arguing a lost point for last week, it's more just clarifying my point that I thought Natalie would have been better off um doing nothing, and she knew better, and bravo for her. Uh, now, I'm not sure Keith being around was that important, but he voted with them, whereas maybe Alec wouldn't have. He didn't win the challenge. Natalie did. Uh And also... Um, did you right, think that Keith was going to blow I, it in the final challenge or in the final at uh, the tribal council? Uh, there was certainly a chance. <laughs> I mean, but to Natalie's credit, I think she saw the issues that Reed had with his plan with Keith and she took a little more time and effort to coach Keith, which is great. I mean, it, it shows that she's learning how to play the game better, learning from someone else's mistakes, basically. She actually put legitimate thought into the potential flaws in her plan. But again, like, if you listen to exit interviews, Reed says he did that. Reed says he talked to Keith. He said, I'm going to say this at Tribal Council. You just need to do this. And it didn't work. And I don't have a hard time believing that because it almost didn't work this time. Keith is like, okay, I have a script now, and I just got to say it right now before anybody asks anything before we get started. Oh, I loved it. It's seriously like, I just got to get these lines out, Jeff, before I forget them. <laughs> like, whoa, transparent acting job. Actually, it wasn't horrendous. I mean, it wasn't good. But, yeah, but it, again, you're measuring against the bar of Keith here. Yeah, and I, in the end, I think it almost works for him that, like, he's so defeated that he just can't wait. Just like, let's just get this over with, Jeff. Which was the, the role yeah. he was trying to play that night. But, yeah, no, Natalie 
obviously knew more than what we know, because um, they always do. But I think especially, because my other concern last week, why I put out you know, crazy statements like John Mish is winning, was that all her talk is not about what her plans are, other than I'm going to get out John. And it just seemed like it was a foiled plan thing. But I think where her real strength lies and why she's been doing so well and why um, I'm hoping she wins, and that's been true for quite some time now. Uh, even when Jeremy was in the game, Natalie was the one I wanted to win. Um, is she's got the social game completely locked down. She was able to win over Baylor, who she wasn't even with for most of the time, like for the first half of the game. She'd never even really met Baylor until they went to exile on that first time. She was able to break Missy's grip on Baylor and flip it over. Uh, she, she did the things. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, one curious thing though, why? Did Natalie go to exile? Do you think she was actually trying to avoid hanging out with John or Jacqueline? Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe it's just at her time, or she didn't want John to have one more... I have no idea. <laughs> maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was like, yeah, sure, dude, you go, so I can win a challenge. Maybe she's just tired of John looking more selfless. Maybe. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Like, okay, well, she's volunteering to go into exile. Obviously, there's no idols there, and she knows who has it. But the alternative was that she would be at camp with either John or Jacqueline. So maybe she was like, you know what? I'll hang out with the Rocks instead. Yeah, you would have thought, actually, being there with Jacqueline wouldn't have been so bad. Because if her plan is to take out John now, I don't know if her plan is to take out Jacqueline next. So maybe she should be, like, forming bonds so that Jacqueline might think she has some kind of final deal with Natalie as well. Uh But maybe... Maybe she thought that if she spent any more time with her, she would let on what her plan is. Like, there's only so much side-eye she can give people before. She's like, I just need to go. They trust me now. I'm just out of here. Yeah, maybe she's got a tell and she was trying to hide it. Kudos to her, though. Good game. Yeah, so great game for her. Um, maybe not so much for John. So, uh... so do you think there's anything that John could have done, though? I mean, obviously playing his idol, but... Or winning immunity, yeah. Or winning immunity, which again, if he'd only asked God, it would have worked. Uh, do you think there's anything he could have done to save himself here? Anything he should have done, I should say. Uh, I would say not last night. Like, not within the period of frame of last night's episode. I think, yeah, if he plays his idol, he still loses a bit because Jacqueline goes home. Like, Natalie had him completely outmaneuvered. Um, but I think if he was a better survivor player, he wouldn't have been in that position. Uh, so I think, you know, what could he have done better is, I still support voting out Jeremy. You know, that was the big debate, and some people are still having it. I think that was the right move. Uh, he's not there to watch Jeremy win. But what, he didn't seem to have another plan after that. It was like, as soon as he got rid of Jeremy, he's like, alright, I'm good. I got my five. I want to relax. I don't want, I just want to talk to my girlfriend. And he, and it seems like it's just kind of a personal flaw with him from a survivor standpoint, maybe not from a life standpoint, is that, he just is very trusting. And I think he, once he did that, he just let off the gas. And so what happened is he never was able to get another target other than those guys. Maybe a read a bit, but even there, like he almost lost to read, right? If, if he doesn't play his idol that one, he gets voted out next. So when you take out the huge target of Jeremy, the problem was now you're the huge target. And for instance, like Tony didn't have that issue. He took out LJ, but then, Tasha and Spencer were there. And that yes. I think that's his flaw. Is that well that's one flaw. The other flaw, and we pointed this out, and you did actually, 
when he took uh, when the Jeremy vote is, Natalie was still there. And it's like, well, you can only do one at a time. But he never stopped yep. to think that he now has led left somebody that is dangerous to him because he never suspected for a second that Natalie was. Right. If you're trying to mimic Toadie's game, and I don't know that that he necessarily was, but he missed the key element, which is you always need that common enemy that can keep everyone in your alliance focused. Once that last enemy is gone, you're the target. And he didn't have the benefit of having a Spencer or Jeremiah or Cass or anybody like that around. Yeah, like Keith isn't that. Yeah, you know? maybe he tried to build yeah. up Keith, but even there, you tried to take out Keith last time, so that clearly wasn't what he was trying to do. So I think where John lost it was he didn't do enough post Jeremy to say last week, but this week, you know, yeah, playing his idol would have kept him, but Jacqueline would have been gone. Natalie, you know, outclassed him because she's much better at Survivor than he is. Yes, but I mean, just from a numbers perspective. The riskiest spots for getting blindsided when you have a solid alliance like he had is generally an odd number. So I can understand having your defenses down because there's six people left. It's not, you know, five, seven, or nine. The only way he could realistically go home is if everyone except for Jacqueline turned on him. Now, that's exactly what happened, but I get thinking that that's not very likely. You know, basically three of your alliance members turning on you in a five-person alliance just doesn't seem likely at that point. So I don't fault him for not playing the idol, both for that and for another reason that we're actually going to get to in a second, which is Jacqueline. So yes, in hindsight, playing his idol would have saved him, would have been great. But really, I don't know how much greater it works out for him. Yeah, and then he's in a spot where he needs to win two challenges to, to survive. Exactly. Uh, which is, like, isn't out of the question, but it's not a good spot. So, yeah, no, I, I'm i okay. Like, I'm not judging him for getting blindsided while having an idol. It's more that he never properly recognized that Natalie was a threat. And some of it might right. be that crazy idea that they just basically is like, all right, all of our, all of this group, each, each one of the pairings plus Natalie gets to go and we'll just find out. Uh, so I suppose if you think everybody's on board with that, and by all indications, they are a close knit group. Now, within Natalie, it was a lie. Bravo her. But you know, they're like bringing rice before a challenge and everybody seems so nice to each other. Like I can understand how you get snowed over. Uh, a better player wouldn't have. And that's the nice thing about being so completely wrong last week is we can now stop uh, having to couch and wonders like, is, is John actually good at this? And I think the answer is, eh, no. I mean, he's okay. No. He did some things. He, you know, of this cast, he was in the upper half. <laughs> um, maybe even the <laughs> upper third, because really, but let's no. go upper quarter. Yeah. He isn't that. No. I mean, a lot of what he did was luck of into circumstance that Jacqueline and him got thrown together at the precise moment where they would be useful. And then circumstances kept putting that. Full credit to them. They had enough of a social game that people would come to them and ask. Like, nobody's coming to Missy and saying, hey, are you going to flip? You know, nobody's coming to Jeremy even. Like, hey, let's work together if you weren't in Jeremy's tribe. Because they weren't as approachable as John and Jacqueline. But, no, I mean, we never thought he'd be good. We just had to be like, maybe he's not so bad. They at least did work the swing vote thing very well. I'll give them that. John and Jacqueline worked that swing vote position. Perhaps better than anybody ever had. Um, Exactly. So, yeah, I think John did well for his incredible averageness. 
And, uh, you know, I think he was a good dude. Yeah, and I, I've only think that even more listening to some of his exit or uh, listening to his exit interview and reading one of them. Um, but you know, I'm glad he's not the winner. Well, speaking of the moves that he made, let's talk about a potential move that he made because uh, there's been a lot of questions this week as to whether Jacqueline still has John's idol and if she can still use it. What do you think? Well, we talked about it earlier. I think within the Keith and Wes part, like could they leave it for somebody? Yeah, right. just here it is, and then there's kind of like a communal idol. Uh, again, I have the answer to this question, so this will be a quick discussion. But I figured we should finish off the discussion since we were some of the people that introduced it. Um, yes, Jacqueline has his idol. He left it there for her. Uh, if you notice, and we I was watching for it because of our early discussion, all he does is bring his canteen. He leaves his bag. Um, however, she can't use it. Oh. So, yeah, the idol was in his bag because he, he was leaving her his bag so she'd have, like, extra clothes and stuff. But uh, he said that, no, uh, he would have had to formally hand it to her. So the rule would be there has to be some kind of more formal handoff. Wow. I was not expecting that. I seriously thought since nothing was explicitly stated that he could just be like, all right, all yours. Yeah. So what? Um, I guess maybe a bigger discussion. Sorry, I didn't let you in on that one either. I found it out late today. Um, That's okay. Is Should they? I kind of feel like they should, right? I mean, it... I think the show generally operates with the, you know, players make the rules type thing. There's a few explicit outlined rules, but if it's not explicitly told to you that you can't do it, you generally can. And I think that this is one of those situations where unless you were told beforehand, like, all right, this is the deal. You can't just go home and then your blood or water pair gets to keep your idol then she should have gotten to keep it and play it. Well, I'm guessing they did. They were told. Like, I, I, by all indications, it wasn't his intention to leave her the idol. He just left her his bag, and the idol was in the bag. But his intention was to leave her, like, an extra shirt or, or a sweater or something like that. Um, so they probably were told. In fact, you know, if you're on a Blood versus Water sh- uh, season, I'm guessing you ask that of producers when you have an idol. It's like, hey, can I leave this? Well. No? Ah. So you you give them a lot of credit to suggest that they would have asked that. They were asking production ever left and right. Hey, could you think we could get a little more rice? Hey, could we do this? Um, so, yeah. I will say I think maybe this is the more fair thing. That once a player is removed from the game, their effect on the active game should be nil until it's time to vote. Um, whereas, yeah, John would have had a large effect on the outcome of the game even though he was eliminated from it. And if you extend this to not, like, I think our thinking was tweaked this time because people are so more united in a blood versus water. The pairings are so much more. But no, I mean, alliance partners are there all the time. And, you know, what if you're like, oh, well, if I can't win, I want my alliance partner to do so. Here's the bag, people. So I could see why, just from a fairness standpoint, it makes sense that they can't do it. I I agree that it would be far more interesting because, you know, it's another tweak that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it would be interesting, except it would also remove some drama because we'd already know two of the final four. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly Natalie is one of those final four because she is going to play that idol no matter what. Unless she's incredibly stupid and she isn't, so. Right. Uh Jacqueline, assuming she had it, could have just played it. And then really, you would have three of five people immune for that next vote. Potentially three of five unless they, they win, yeah. So, no, I mean... Uh, it works out that way. Although, again, that could have just been true if John wasn't voted out this week. Um, so, yeah, Natalie, uh, she's awesome. Uh, I think she's fair to say your favorite player remaining. 
Definitely. Yeah. I, Not even close. Yeah, the, <laughs> there isn't a second person place. Um, she got this thing on lock. Is it, is the victory all but assured at this point? Well, you know, that bit of information you just gave me certainly helps her cause. Mm-hmm. I think she, she has a path to the finish line or to the victory even, but I don't know that it's as clear a path as some people would hope it is. I, there's still some hurdles left there and one of those might be a hurdle of her own making because she kept Keith because he's better at challenges and now Keith's challenge prowess kind of works against her. Yeah. Especially because one of these challenges tend to be balanced challenges, which he's excelled at. Now he didn't win the one last night, but again, I think last night you could almost throw out like wind knocked people's over after a while. It's like, Hey, cool. It was windier over there. Luckily we drew for spots. Uh, yeah, I think Natalie can definitely win. Like, I fully support her move of taking out John because now she has a better chance of winning in front of a jury. She can beat, she will beat any of these remaining four players if she faces yes. them in front of a jury. That wasn't necessarily true while John was in the game. Right. So that is the key though that she actually has to get yes. to the final tribal council. And that's the big which, hurdle. If she needs yes. to win that final four immunity or at the very least, she needs the other non-Baylor Missy to not win. And that's the big hurdle that she still faces, and I'm not willing to count out that possibility. Now, look, this is true of many, many great sur- Survivor players. You know, They needed to win the final immunity. Tyson pro- needed to win it in the first Blood versus Water. Uh, I, for all we say about you know Rob Zombies, I'm guessing if he didn't win those final two immunities, he probably wouldn't have won. It's eventually they would have been like, hey, maybe we don't want to go up against Rob. Maybe Philip, Natalie, and other girl would be good. Um, <laughs> and JT and Rob Sesternino, same thing. They needed that final immunity. JT got it. Rob didn't. Yeah. Uh, three is another one. So it's yeah. like, it's, yeah, it's, this isn't unique and it's not a flaw in her game. She did what she needed to do last night to put her in a better position to win in front of the final tribal council. But what is unique this time is she is with a pair that is never going to turn on each other. Like Missy is not going to vote up Baylor and Baylor's not going to vote up Missy unless they're still committed to that crazy plan that John just told us about. But. If the the one that isn't them and it uh, wins, if it's Keith or Jacqueline, whichever one of them makes it past final five, if they win immunity, Natalie's gone, and that's the flaw. Right. Whereas with Tony, he didn't he didn't need to win that final three immunity. We thought he did, but it turns out he didn't because <laughs> Wu would still take him. But Baylor's not going to take Natalie instead of her mom, and neither is Missy. I'm pretty sure, at least. Uh, yeah, but I mean. That information earlier does throw a wrinkle into that. I mean, apparently they have taken into account that you get a guaranteed vote by sending one of the two into the jury. Um, that will be probably Missy and or Baylor's only vote, but still. But you gotta figure, like, when they decided to take out John, that, like, that broke the calculus, right? Like, at that point, Baylor's like, you know what? I'm not all that cool with, uh, going to the jury. So instead, we're just gonna vote out John. Unless the plan is to go to the final three with Jacqueline. Uh, yeah, and I kind of feel like they're not going to do that because I think they want John's vote and Missy still thinks she can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, I don't know that they would take Natalie over Jacqueline. I think they would take Keith over Jacqueline, but I don't know about Natalie over Jacqueline. I, I think Natalie still has a shot if Baylor wins immunity. I'm going to say that Missy has no chance of winning immunity for a thing we'll discuss in a minute. But <laughs> it's possible even there. Yeah, Baylor wins immunity and Missy's like, you know what? 
maybe Jacqueline would be a better final you know, pairing, or maybe Keith, you know, than Natalie. Like maybe in the next few days, they'll spend enough time with Natalie and decide she's gonna beat us. It certainly looks like Natalie's the now in the best position to win. I still think she is in the best position to win, but. Let's calm down, everybody. This could still be horrific <laughs> circumstances where anybody that's not Natalie could win. I think it's still, I think Keith still has a chance. I think Jacqueline still has a chance. And they'll say the chance is all the same. Winning that final four immunity. Yeah. And I think this season being what it is, and to their credit, they've salvaged it a lot towards the end here with some excellent editing, some Natalie, first of all, saving a big chunk of it. It just feels like it should be headed for a bad winner, right? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Normally, I'd be like, ah, edits told us it's Natalie, but I'm not going to talk about that anymore. I, <laughs> I'm not. I'm done deciding what the edit is trying to tell us because, woo. Yeah, there's ways that this could shake out that would unquestionably give us the worst final three that we've ever had. So, as far as a gameplay perspective, and. There's a better than average chance that it ends up that way. Yeah, no, it's 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 still in play, people. So, uh, you know, stay frosty. Um, <laughs> so yeah, well, what I said, hinted at that we we're gonna get at is the other thing that happened in this episode was Missy got hurt, and she did not get medevaced um, out. Which, uh, first off, credit to her. Why I thought she was gonna get medevaced out last week is just I didn't give her any credit for tolerating the pain. So good, good for her. She's gonna tough it out on, you know, possibly a broken leg or, you know, a sprained ankle, which, you know, in some cases can be just as bad or worse than a broken one. Um, but some people are kind of upset about this. They're like, oh, it's BS that she gets to keep going in the game when she can't be in challenges. Are, are you one of those people? No, but it's weird to me that they'll splint her leg, but they won't give antibiotics for possible infections. I mean. James and Penner got evacuated because they might get an infection. And they didn't intervene there. They said, you know, you got to leave the game. With Missy, they actually provided some medical attention. Like, why not just have given James and Penner some antibiotics and they can stick around and keep playing? How does Missy get the basic care and those two didn't? A couple things. I think one is it's an evolution. Like, they looked at what happened with James and Penner. It's like, wow, that really sucked. Let's not do that because uh, it's a bad for our television show. Because uh, Stephen Fishback on Know It All said that he got a bunch of antibiotics when he was in Token Genes. So maybe they've evolved their thinking on that one. That And that's nice. leads to the next part is that... I'm not upset about this because this would have been terrible if Missy was taken out. Like... Wow, final six, all this plan against John, two people with idols that can only be played in final five, and oh, here we are, final five, you know? Like, it would have been terrible television if they had to take somebody out at this stage in the game. So, yeah, fix her if she's willing to keep going, because it's better TV when people are voted out rather than taken out. Yeah, they would have definitely ruined this episode, and... Possibly, possibly even the season, it. you know, like let's play it out, you know. Missy's gone. Now we're at final five and it's John and Jacqueline, right? So now they have at least one idol. If John wins immunity, now John and Jacqueline are both immune. Natalie's immune. Hey. And now, oh, whoopee, it's Keith. And now it's final four. <laughs> Baylor, Natalie, 
you know, John Jacqueline. And maybe at that point, Baylor's like, uh, you know what? I don't want to be in any trouble here. So I'm just going to go back to them because I didn't know I was never with them. Uh, like that's what could have turned the season. So I'll take a limping Missy over that all the time. As far as her sitting out challenges and getting to continue, I don't care. Oh, I don't care about that at all. I mean, like if it really bothers you for optics, okay, she would have gotten up there, uh, and then dropped out after one second. There, she yes. she didn't get the coach's DNP, but like, and part of it is because you and I just don't care about no, challenges. No, I really don't care. Uh, we're just the no. wrong people, and I, I get. Well, no, I don't get it. But if that's the sort of thing you're into, and that's perfectly legitimate, it's like thirty percent of every episode that I can get why, you know, somebody not having to do it shouldn't yeah should disqualify them or people giving up challenge uh, rewards is unfortunate you're ruining my challenges challenges is just window dressing for us like one great yeah. thing that missy said tonight when when baylor is trying to win her over it's like he could beat us in challenges it's like or oh, we're never going to win a challenge if john's around and missy's like i don't care i don't need to win challenges and she was right yes <laughs> whether missy flukes her way into a challenge win or not is not affecting her chances of winning survivor positive or negative Exactly. It's basically the Sandra play. Like, Sandra and her inability to win immunity challenges has no effect whatsoever on her game. I mean, that's just not part of her game. Tony didn't win any either. Rob said this on his podcast, and I totally agree with it. I think the, you know, what you should be doing is healing these people as best as you can, like, within, like, first aid type treatment and keeping them out there. It's better television if they're out there. So if you need to split yes. something, if you need to clean something, if you need to give antibiotics, yeah, like, like, it's like a trainer in basketball, yeah? If he has to take them to the back and, you know, take them out of the game, then they're out of the game. But if you can fix them up and send them back on the court, let's do it, because I... Just put them in the magic wheelchair and get them back on the court. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Paul Pierce reference. <laughs> I did love the Dr. Keith diagnosis, though, of, oh, swelling. What do you think of it, Keith? Mm, that ain't good. Oh, thank you for your medical opinion. I'm so glad you're here, Keith. But it was a reminder that, oh, yeah, as a firefighter, I imagine he's had to deal with some first aid assessments, you know, as a first responder. Kind of like when Eddie, like, oh, so, oh, right, Eddie knows things. He's an EMT. He's not just a complete dunderhead, just, you know, uh, it's not out of the question for EMTs to also be meatheads, you know? Yes, exactly. Uh, I did, I was amused too that Baylor's like crying because Missy hurt her ankle. I messed up my ankle and my wife was like, oh, I hope it feels better soon because you got to bring the groceries in. Like she didn't care at all. I'm like, oh damn, my ankle really hurts. And she's like, all right, well, there's groceries in the car. So once you bring it in, you know, then you can take care of it. Like there was no sympathy. And really from Baylor's perspective, who cares? Like, unless they're going to force her to leave the game, who cares? Well, and, and maybe that's what's in her mind at that time. It's like, uh-oh, now she's out and all my plans are going. Like, yeah, you hurting your ankle isn't preventing you and your wife's shot at winning a million bucks. So I'll say that. But well, you don't know. No, I mean, maybe those are really valuable groceries. Uh, my wife exactly. actually, like, really broke her ankle and sprained it while we were playing softball once. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm a loving husband. I was concerned. She was obviously in a lot of pain. We brought in, uh, EMTs, not Eddie Fox, but some of them. Um, you know, they took her to the hospital where we paid nothing. Um, but <laughs> at some point when they were treating her, I was kind of like, you know what? Maybe we could finish the game. Uh, only for a half <laughs> second. Because I was the captain of the team. We were already there. But I was like, no, 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 no. I have to go to the hospital. But there was at least, you know, a two second window in my head where it's like, I'm not going to be that useful while they're admitting anyway. This game only got like 20 more minutes. 
So yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, I was on deck. I was batting next anyway. You know, eh, maybe I just stick around for the at bat and then I go. Well, her family was at the game just watching. Her brother's on her team. Or, you know, who was on her podcast last week? So it's like she's got support. Um, but then I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm the main support. I count most. I, I have to go. But yes, I wasn't crying. I was doing a bit of mental calculus. Right. This is the joy of being a robot. <laughs> so next, um, you know, we've been talking all season that we might have a guest after overloading on guests this summer. Um, and so we're doing it. We, we've got our guest. And we are going to welcome the first intentional guests to the show that we've had in a very long time. And... Appropriately for this being a blood versus water season, we have a married couple, so please welcome back to the show, Heather, and her husband, Dave, who's appearing for the very first time. Welcome, guys. Hi. Uh, welcome. We will try not to interrupt each other too much, but we'll see how that goes. That's okay. Andy talks all over all of us, so it won't matter a bit. Frankly, I'm just looking forward to awkwardly sitting through your arguments, because Survivor has taught me that's what happens when married couples deal with it at the same time. Well, everybody got to enjoy you discussing your own arguments with your wife last week, so it'll be fun. This will be a first-person account rather than a second-person account. And Andy, I appreciated how, how diplomatic you were about how, you know what, my wife is probably right. He only said that because she listens. Exactly. That's what I figured. <laughs> if that was what you got out of that, I'm not sure that's what I was intending. Before, we were both always wrong. I, on the other hand, do not have a wife that listens to this, so I can repeatedly say that I am always right, and no one will ever be the wiser. So, um, first of all, like I said, welcome back to the show. For those of you that don't remember, um, Heather was brought back to watching Survivor by her friend in Samoa, right? That was the season you came back to? Um, no, actually, that's when I brought my other friend back, the one who originally introduced me to Survivor. I actually watched from the beginning, and then I quit for a while, and then I came back from All Stars. And Samoa was the season I started getting excited about again and getting my, my friends involved and kind of went from there. Remind me to never be a fact checker. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anyway, so Dave, is that your timeline as well? Is that about how long you've been watching? Yeah, I did watch the original for a while, though somewhere around the Outback, uh, I was just watching other things. It wasn't until um, we the got Outback married. The Outback was season two. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you, I, got, I, you got bored a season and a half in? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, no, so you, did I, for it to be fair. College was kind of intense at times. Yeah, that was when we started college, actually, season two. So are, have you been watching since Samoa then? Has this become a, a ritual for you guys? I think it sort of started because I, I, I started reading on the forums and I found it, I found the commenters on the AV club very, very amusing. And I was talking about it and the fantasy league started and that kind of really sucked him in. But I think it was when we, once we were married and we were actually sitting down and watching TV together yeah. on a regular basis. Uh, that's it. That's when things came around. That was around the same time as uh, China or is that earlier? I don't remember. To be <laughs> Which season was on in 2006, Fact Checkers? Ooh, I'll have to edit that in later. <laughs> it was Cook Islands, better known as Survivor Race Wars, that aired in 2006. I am John and I know all the Survivor facts. All right, so again, this being a blood versus water season, that's why we wanted to have you guys on, because you guys are the married couple that we could have on the show. We would thought you would offer a unique perspective here. So first of all, how do you guys like the whole blood versus water concept? Well, I think it's a good concept. And 
it ha- it was a good concept the first time they did it, and we saw what, how much fun it could be, but I think you guys already touched on this in previous podcasts, but it relies too much on there just being good casting, and we kind of saw what happened this year when the casting didn't really work out so well. Yeah, I mean, you really need mutual buy-in. I mean, Rocker was interesting on his own, but he didn't really bring much else with him. Except for big boobs, right? Yes. Well, we had them last season, and they were better. Throwing some shade on Julie. And yes, they were better last season. <laughs> um, so does the concept of appealing on Survivor together, actually appearing on Survivor together, I should say, actually appeal to you guys at all? No. Yeah, we're armchair survivor fans. <laughs> well, it was a running joke in our family because we were casual viewers of The Amazing Race as well. And we always joked, we have a running joke that basically I would murder him if we were ever on the ship together. And it's no fault of his own, it's just me because like I get antsy enough when we're just traveling by ourselves when there's no race involved. So yeah. I could just imagine, you know, what would I be like on a reality TV show where people are trying to drive you as crazy as possible and make you paranoid. And you're also going on the assumption that, like, either of us would be good Survivor players on our own, which I don't think is true. I don't know. You're pretty good at reading people. It's just the social pressure you have problems with. Yeah, I'm extremely gullible, too. Like, people would tell me anything, I'd be like, oh, sure, okay. Well, if you're extremely gullible, then I'm, I don't want to think what I am. <laughs> in other words, <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you're extremely gullible, you would have fit right in on this season. That's you, true. You might be winning. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you might be Final Five right now. <laughs> Speaking of this season, what are your thoughts on this season? How are you guys enjoying it, especially compared to the last Blood vs. Water? Um, I don't think it's the worst season ever, but I feel like Natalie right now is just giving it life, and which is kind of strange because I felt like she was so non-existent in the first half. So good job, editors, for that, because I really didn't see this second half playing out the way it has. So I think that definitely bumps it up a few notches, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's see here. I think for the first half of the season, the rice was the biggest star of the show. I mean, the fact you've and got tacos, one team just... tacos, and trail mix. Oh yes, 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 yes. A whole lot of food starring in the earlier. Oh, parts we never of did show. do our food power rankings. Oh, I was so gonna get close. To it. it was like beans was like a number four. They won those early, but rice was clearly number one in the power rankings. <laughs> they even brought it to Natalie as like a sympathy serving of rice. Yeah, which. Why would you want to give that? No, whatever. Never mind. Because they're they're nice people, John. Um, actually, I'm glad you brought up the edit. Um, that you think it's kind of done a good job lately showing Natalie and surprising us. But what do you think of the edit this season? Is it better that we don't know who's been doing well and who hasn't, or should they have, you know, made us like people instead? Well, right now I'm just annoyed at them in general because they explained um, because they spoiled basically that um there was going to be a blindside in the episode summary that they were showing on the cable providers so i was just kind of annoyed from the start even before i watched the episode so i guess that's more annoyance at cbs than the editors but um i don't know what do you think for this season uh, the whole angle of um being divorced three times definitely plays into interesting roles there the mother issues on john's side also um, i found kind of interesting there as far as the editing goes, um, the most, the biggest heavy-handed edit I was seeing was the uh, Drushbag episode. I mean, that was just a piece on its own. You could probably just watch that one independently and skip a good chunk of the first part. Of the yeah, it was kind of a work of art. Yeah, it really was. That's <laughs> so that's the one thing that I'll say about this season. I think the editors 
have done some fantastic work salvaging a rather subpar cast. And they've done some really good narratives. It's kind of like getting the Coach of the Year award when your expectations were so low and you guided your team to mediocrity. Like, that's the award that I want to give the editors because they've at least crafted something out of this season that really there's not much to work with. It's not their fault. But I didn't see Natalie as being a player at all in in the first half and even the very beginning of the merge episodes. I just saw her as just kind of being there and just kind of going along for the ride. So to see her do all these things, I mean, I was convinced her move last week was a bad one. So I, it, it looked impo- impulsive and emotional and just like, I just want to show John that he's not in control. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, no, let him think he's in control. And it seems so nonsensical that she'd do it. But then she knew these people and she played them to, to know that they'd believe her silly excuse and she could pull this off. And I'm just really impressed that that kind of came out of nowhere based on the editing, that I did not see that happening. No, well, I did like they kept in the whole coaching of Keith right there because he really needed some steering. And he <laughs> he still almost steer, messed it right up. There. He did. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm disappointed that I wasn't here last week to defend Natalie's move because at the time I was claiming, you know, this was the right move to Natalie and for Natalie. And we actually got into it a little earlier in the show for my reasons why, but I think what she did was justified and clearly, you know, can't necessarily just use the outcome to justify what she did, but it's hard to argue with the results at least, at least so far. Yeah. But uh, getting back a little bit to what Heather was saying, I kind of am a little upset that like, why wasn't this the season of Natalie? And I think you could have easily edited this season together that highlighted her without giving away the ball game. Like, if they just showed us a little bit more of Natalie early on, it wouldn't have been like, okay, she's winning. And look, maybe she doesn't win. We don't know that for sure yet. But, you know, she's in the final episode as a strong contender, unlike Jeremy, who has been, you know, stewing on the jury box for a few weeks now. Like, it wouldn't have been that hard, I think, to give Natalie a few of those. These people are idiots confessionals that like couldn't stop giving Jeremy. <laughs> and it's like, why? And some people have said that it's, you know, it's, it's great that they kept fooling us with a winner's editor for Josh, winner's for Jeremy, a little for Jenna, John. But it's like, could you not have built up who seems to be the primary character of the season? Maybe they're just trying to tell us who they, maybe it's just who they think we want to win. And maybe they think that we're all going to, Love John is this all-American hero character of the season, and, you know, it just didn't really happen. You always want to root for the underdog anyway. I mean, the last Boston Rob season was very entertaining at the very end. It was sort of like, okay, puppets, go this way. And now another episode of Survivor, you know? Yeah, in, in their defense, I think what they were probably trying to do is build up some characters uh, you know, at some point they're going to do an all-star returnee type season. And I think they want to have a more diverse pool of people they can pull from. I mean, if you have a, uh, well, I see, you know, I was going to use one world as an example. I guess that's a bad one since they pulled several people from there that are not Kim. But if you have a cast like that, where it's clear one person is interesting, Samoa would be the better example. So Samoa had Russell, who was the one person that is interesting. And they didn't build up anybody else's narrative. So if they bring back anybody else from that season, which they did, you'll go, who? Which we did in the first Blood versus Water. Because Laura M. was kind of a footnote to that season. Right, but is that, def- that, is that an excuse for burying, like, 
basically four out of the five people that are in their final episode were non-entities for most of the season, for most of the first half of the season. Like, and all of those four share one trait in common. Um, hint, Keith isn't one of them. Uh, it's like, I, I get, like, you can build up Jeremy's character because actually he did matter, even though he was, you know, second in, on the jury because, you know, he was seen as the big threat that they, you know, put, you know, they moved against. So you have to build that story, but you don't have to give him every character beat that you're giving to the Hoyopa tribe. Like, I'm sure Natalie was saying some things of interest. And even, like, in her, you know, second half story, it's all just been about her moves against John. Like, I want to know what her plans are for winning. Maybe maybe it was a, you know, step one, get rid of John. Step B, question mark, three, profit. profit. But, uh... Profit. I think there was probably more there, and I, I feel a little cheated, because for most of the season, we've been talking about how these people are idiots. And even Jeremy and Josh, who we were like, these are very flawed people. Uh, maybe we would have felt better this entire time if they would have given us one more person, and it feels like that person is on the show still. So what you're saying is you wish there was more Missy confessionals early on. <laughs> Actually, some of a little bit, you know, it's like, yeah... Besides being like, I will protect Baylor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't look all cop. Maybe there is nothing more for Missy, but like, we don't feel like she should, she can win, even though I've previously argued that she is playing a decent game for her. Uh, because the edit suggests there's no way she's the winner. Uh, same with Baylor. Uh, you know, Jacqueline is only think that she might possibly win just out of circumstance, but she doesn't feel like a person. Yeah, I think Jacqueline, of the five, remaining has the least fleshed out edit well everything about her edit has been reacting to or responding to john right so it'd be very awkward if she won because it'll seem like she sort of fell into it if she wins we need like another like uh emergency podcast on sexism and survivor (laughs) because it's like (laughs) wow the winner's story was all about her boyfriend so i'm pretty sure she's not gonna win so that should probably be okay but that would be like, I think you're safe. Yeah. Yes, I think so too. Well, I think they've also got the record for the longest couples fight on Survivor so far too. I mean, I'm trying to think about the Culpeppers in Blood versus Water, the first one, and you know, there was no real conflict between them. They're on different tribes the whole time. That's right. Well, he exactly. tells her to put it in the fire, and it goes in the fire. No arguments. That's right. <laughs> because she listened to what the man said. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on the couch tonight. No, I mean, after <laughs> exactly. that, I guess it would be Candace and John, where, you know, she actually said, you know, he, he asked her for permission, and Jeff was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, are we having that special sexism podcast now? <laughs> okay, I'm not prepared for this. Oh, boy. I'm kind of outnumbered here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's just like on Survivor this season. Only oh. the reverse. Cause well, we no, have... the men did outnumber the women in Survivor this season, although... Now they outnumber them dramatically in the jury room, which is exactly. like, and no matter how much they get to get clean, that, that place must, must reek of dude, huh? Yes. <laughs> Smells like nothing but farts and steak in that place. We'll never see that theme in Survivor, will we? Hashtag farts and steak? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I, and this is a slight diversion, but it, what exactly is spa food? I'm going to ask Heather because I'm going to be a total stereotypical male. <laughs> I was I was kind of confused by this too, and maybe I'm not enough of a girly girl to know these things, but yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I was kind of perplexed by this too. 
I know they put like cucumbers in the water, but I don't know I, if that's. I, I thought the it, cucumbers it, were for your face or something. Yeah, that too I would. Be. I would have thought it would be all vegetables and low carb and you know fruit smoothies and you know kale things. I don't know. That's what I was kind of expecting, but I don't know. When in doubt, wraps and brownies. What can I say? Yeah. So anyway, quick diversion to that. <laughs> but that's a nice lead-in to the uh, reward challenge thing because. In case you guys haven't noticed, there's been a whole lot of post-challenge reward gifting. And are you guys okay with that? Do you like that? Do you think that it's just going to be something that happens this season and it's never happening again? Or is this kind of a precedent being set? It makes sense for them, and I get it, but I just roll my eyes at it by now, you know? Especially when, um, a few episodes back, when um, Natalie gave up the reward, and you're like, okay, I can see why she's doing that. And then Jeremy was it that rushed to give up his reward right after. And I'm sitting there, what are you doing? Like now you're, you know, the whole point of what I felt Natalie was trying to do was to split up the people that she need that needed to get talked to so that people weren't going to conspire and come up with anything that was going to mess up her plan. And then he goes ahead and switches places with the other person she was trying to talk to. Ooh, so you think they weren't coordinated in that effort? No, I don't think so. I feel like I, I thought that Natalie's goal was to try to, separate was it john and jacqueline that both wound up going on that reward yeah it was so i felt like she was trying to split them up so she could kind of work these people and then jeremy went ahead and did the same thing and it kind of not only did it kind of seem half-assed after she made the big grand gesture but you know i felt like it all it did was just switch two people that's an interesting thought unfortunately we don't know what natalie was thinking because of course they didn't show her (laughs) talking about it we didn't get any of Natalie's thoughts until Jeremy was taken out, which was that episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, you say it says makes sense for him. Interestingly, Natalie's the only person who's given up a reward that, you know, wasn't voted out right away after. So. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah, Jeremy <laughs> was voted out that episode. Reed gives up his reward. He was voted out. And then John this episode. So it, you know, and if we're talking about, you know, strategy and all of that, it's not a very good idea. It doesn't seem to work. I mean, you could try it. Uh, they, different reasons you know reed was more so he could talk to the right people but nobody in the history of survivor would be like wow i i'm so happy about this i can't vote that person out but exactly more people are just getting upset like ah enough with the reward gifting and uh, i don't know my my stance is i don't i don't care well that's that's why i said i just kind of rolled my eyes at it i'm just kind of like whatever you guys can try to kiss each other's asses basically but you know I don't think it's going to make a difference long term. I think if it, if you're doing it to talk to the right people, like you just said, then it makes sense. And that's what I thought Natalie was doing, but I felt like Jeremy was just kind of, I, I didn't feel like he was all there. I never really thought, felt like he was getting a winner's edit for whatever it's worth. And we thought the same thing at the time, although we didn't catch the idea that maybe Natalie had planned to split John and Jacqueline up to talk to them separately. I don't know if that's giving Natalie too much credit, although Maybe. from what we've seen lately, it probably isn't. Uh, it just makes Jeremy look even worse for having blown that plan, but we didn't get any indication from Natalie that he blew the plan. So to me, though, the giving up the reward thing, I feel like it's in the first blood versus water, the clue burning thing. Once it happened once, it just became an expectation and now it's happening all the time. I don't think it's going to be a trend in any other seasons. Hopefully not. Um, I hope nothing this cast does is a trend in future seasons. So, but like I said, it doesn't bother me that much that they're constantly bartering and giving up rewards and things like that. It, there are worse sins to commit on Survivor. I guess, but it just seemed like the season was just riddled with deals. Like, oh, can we get another Flint? Oh, we found our Flint. Okay, well, 
and we get our 10th pack. And so, of course, we will select uh, the person who wins the reward challenge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that 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 was totally ridiculous. Like they just killed the whole challenge. Well, that you sound like Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that was come Jeff's on, reaction. Folks. Like, come on, like don't mess with my my reward challenge. Uh, you gotta think, you know, they were sweating over this, balancing everything, making sure the feet sizes are right, and then just the whole team just blows it at that rate. Well, no, that was the this was the pick the person and hack their yeah I bloody mean, skull or whatever. There was that someone was. out there who filled those skulls with all that nice goop, and only a couple of them cracked crack. And I they mean, are really. the victim here. I, I hear you. Absolutely, <laughs> it's the workman. So the righteous indignation from Probes was all about the props department. He was really upset that they didn't get their due. He's a producer. It's his money, you know? <laughs> you guys don't understand how much we spent on those well, skulls. Well, really what he should have done is after they declared it was Missy, just smashed them all himself. Like throwing Austin's torch in a fire. <laughs> that would have been visual. And probably that also just awesome. symbolic of his feelings of dealing with these people. He needs like a he needs like a Gallagher hammer right there to go for each of them except for the last one, you know. Well I was gonna say I noticed that this was like one of the seasons where Jeff didn't go with the previous season's reunion and going, Guys, this season coming up is super awesome. He just didn't really say anything. He's just like, Yeah, we're doing blood versus water again. Exactly. And I think the reason he did that is because we just came off of Kagayan, which was fantastic. Right. Although, even if this season had come after a lesser season, it would still been a little bit of a drop-off here. It's just more pronounced following last season. Could be worse, guys. Could be Nicaragua. But it is in Nicaragua! (laughs) We didn't have to point that out. Like, like if you would have added more rain to the season, maybe it would have just been as bad as that season. Yeah, had some falling off toenails to that one. Then we wouldn't be we wouldn't be able to um, separate the rain from Keith spitting. So I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> well, at least we wouldn't be able to see him fail to spit. I mean, really, out of everything they could edit, they had to put keep that in. Hey, they kept Natalie spitting on herself in that in that um, I think immunity challenge. So that was worth it. Uh, maybe there's some spitting fetish in the editing department. And, you know, <laughs> Hashtag spitting some, fetish. Definitely. So it sounds like you guys are both all in on Team Natalie. Considering I picked her sister, I guess I kind of have to at this point. <laughs> he, you don't know how many times he has like shaken his fist at the TV and said, "I owe the wrong twenty. <laughs> it was a coin flip. I mean, there was nothing in those bios that could tell me anything different. But they hadn't separated at all, it seems. And for those who are listening to the podcast who aren't in the um, fantasy league. Um, Dave picked um, both Nadia and Val in the Champions League who were voted out like 1-2 in each episode, the hey, first two episodes. I, I, I did not think Val would go complete evil genius saying, I've gotten two immunity idols in the two times I could have gotten immunity idols, you know? <laughs> I've you found one that? more idol than currently exists on our beach. So, really, how many immunity idols do they usually have in play at once? I mean, three is pretty big. You think they'd toss out four or five at once? Just well, watch everybody go bonkers? There were two camps in the exile, so they could get away with it. I guess. But again, speaking about the edit, like, they didn't need, like, there was, like, another idol. There was, like, a third idol, and, like, none of us knew until, like, the recap at the beginning of the episode there even was a third idol. Again, it wasn't until Jeremy was removed that it's like, all right, now let's show Natalie doing stuff. Okay, I guess now I should find an idol. No, I mean, I think that might have been chronological, but maybe not. And and you know what? Let's give Val a little bit of credit. She was right. There was another idol on Exile eventually. They just hadn't placed (laughs) it there because John wasn't sent there yet. She was ahead of her time, guys. Ahead of her time. No, it's like she was taking stuff from Tony's playbook, except, you know, he was more convincing. 
Except he actually had the idols. Yeah, and she also waited. He also waited until the game was starting. It was really going before he kind of went yeah, out. He, he was too busy building sure. spy checks to be making up fake idols. Exactly. Actually, I think he yeah. did make a fake idol. He told us that in his interview. Yeah, he did. He just never got to deploy it, though. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. So Although, it's probably sitting there on some abandoned island. I'm pretty sure on Twitter he tweeted a picture of his baby, like, in a bundle me or something like that, and he wrote that it was, like, baby's first spy shack or something, and I have to admit that was pretty cute. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> Tony winning over the fans even after leaving the show. Man, we should just spend the rest of the season talking about Kagan. That's been a lot more fun. But, uh, <laughs> quickly, who's winning? Who's winning this season? Tony's winning the last one. But. <laughs> I hope it's Natalie, or else we're all just gonna sit there and just—you're just gonna spend a podcast just shaking your head. <laughs> no, that's what you'll hear. She can't do anything physically. <laughs> I mean, with that ankle, none of the challenges are really getting her far. Yeah, but she was never winning challenges. If there's a puzzle, so. Baylor's not winning it either. So you've got Natalie who might pull it off, or Jacqueline. And then it goes to Jacqueline. Well, there's Keith, but, you know. Keith, Keith could do could some of it, but the social aspect of it, I feel like his jury's defense is going to be really, Oh, he would never really win. I, like, I don't think there's anyone that Natalie could not beat that's left. It's just a matter of any of the other remaining possible combinations. Okay, let's say worst case scenario was Keith versus Jacqueline. And? And one more. No. Pick one more. All right, Missy. I'd say, I think Missy could win that. Really? Maybe. I got to the final three with a broken ankle. <laughs> In some ways, I do think her broken ankle actually gave her an opening. Like, maybe now they'd have to respect her a bit. But I don't think they will. I think her argument would just be, I'm not Keith or Jacqueline. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I feel like, I feel like you know, the Jacqueline really hasn't done anything. And Missy can kind of play a little bit to how she did the whole mama bear protecting Baylor kind of thing. And and she can play off the ankle. I feel like she's almost going to be a sympathetic character right now. I feel like I, I thought the same thing when she heard her ankle. I was like, this is going to make her look better. Yeah, maybe to you. Maybe you have human sympathy. <laughs> maybe. I don't know, but if you swapped Missy with Baylor at that point, I think Baylor would just win hands down. I mean, no she way. actually strategized a little bit. No, she did it. No. <laughs> Well, no, you have to give her credit for she convinced Missy to change, and, you know, but... So your picks are, you know, I should point out, by the way, if you're going to trust Dave's picks, he did, as a <laughs> reminder, <laughs> pick the first two booted people of this season for his fantasy team. So, you yeah, know, take, take his predictions. Fantasy because... performance that has never happened before, and I don't think it can be duplicated. It can't be bested. The only way you could do worse than what Dave did would have been if we were running Fantasy, Survivor, and Palau, <laughs> and you somehow picked Jonathan yes, and Wanda. and they didn't even get to play. They went out before day one. <laughs> they still have zero points, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that second show rule is a very And he's one. the only person I've done better than, so... <laughs> Okay, so your your picks then are uh, Natalie and what Missy was your pick, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but again, take Dave's picks with a grain of salt here. So congratulations, Jack. <laughs> All right, so uh, I want to say uh, thank you guys for uh, coming on the show. Uh, sorry it took so long for us to get to, but at least you weren't here for the whiny, really complainy parts of the season. Or maybe that was just us. Yeah, that was us. Yeah, I think we had a good episode. It was fun. All right, so I'm glad we had the Purple Rock's own John and Jacqueline to help bring a bow to their story. Um, we've got one last thing to wrap up this season. 
Next week's episode, who's winning? Who's going home? What's what's your predictions? I feel like, as I said earlier, it just feels like this season needs a disappointing winner. So it can't be Natalie, right? She's definitely in the final four because she's got that idol. So she's going to play it and she will get herself to the final four. She's not an idiot. But once that happens, I feel like the odds are really stacked against her. I would assume that either Jacqueline or Keith are next to go. But then you get into our Missy and Baylor, assuming they're now going to go with both of them in the final three. Are they still cool with keeping Natalie around? I don't know that they are. Yeah, uh, one thing on that is Missy has given an interview uh, that was on CBS.com where she did the classic Natalie winning would be almost better than me winning. Or, yeah, if I can't win, like it was like... Brandon and Token Chains about JT. So like, oh my. Okay, so man, I just I don't want to predict Natalie winning because it just doesn't feel like that's what we're gonna get from this season. It would be great. It would really salvage an otherwise below average season if she did win. Yeah, well, that gets but, to the point I was talking about with our guests is if Natalie's the winner of the season, then I feel like they kind of dropped the ball. Like they, they, they didn't need to give us tons of Natalie. They just didn't have to be like boss and Rob. Obviously we know she's winning, but like they, they underserviced her if she's the winner, you know, they need, they could have very easily given us a very satisfying full Natalie arc while still giving us many of the stories they gave us, but they didn't. Why? I have no idea why. Like I said, I think they just focused on some other narratives early on and you know they wanted to build up certain people they did that and in doing so there's only so much screen time natalie kind of got shafted but then i guess they probably figured that at some point they'd get to prominently display natalie and it's happened post-merge all right so it feels like you're not going to predict natalie so then like somebody has to win who is it uh oh god keith and keith because he would be the worst winner Survivor has ever had. <laughs> and that's what you think this season is in store for. Uh, yes. I honestly, at this point, I think anybody but Natalie would be the worst winner Survivor's ever had, uh, like of these other options. You, you might be right. I, it may, well, I don't even know that you could make a case for Jacqueline or Missy potentially being better. Because Fabio is the bar we're trying to beat here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Easily. so Fabio as the worst winner ever... I don't know, Missy or Jacqueline. I say like Missy, like if he she did something this episode. If Missy won one of these challenges so on a broken foot, that's enough maybe to put her over Fabio. Especially because I've been. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'd have <laughs> to see it. I'd have to see how it develops, right? Uh, but I will say, like I've argued several times, and you've called me crazy that she was actually playing a good game. I just didn't think she was ever going to win, and I still don't think she's going to win. But if somehow she did, that means that people there also recognized and what i was saying wasn't like complete fan fiction but i think where she's not going to win uh it's not just because of her poor edit i don't think these people like her very much like i think the people that were into missy were like really into missy and that would be you know her own daughter uh natalie <laughs> uh and john uh, i think john now is like really hurt by her so like that he's not i don't think he's gonna vote for her uh, if Natalie was voted out, it would be kind of a similar circumstance, right? Uh, and then I think everybody else, like, really doesn't like her. And, like, they don't, they're not speaking highly of her and on Ponderosa. Like, she got, you know, some people are saying, oh, she got the credit for John's removal, but it's not, no, more like she got the 
blame. You know, it's like, wow, she really screwed you. You know, it's not like, go good on Missy. She's, you know, the mastermind. So if she was somehow to win, then I guess she was the mastermind and they recognized it. So maybe, like, if she was to win, it would be because of strategy and control. And that's not the case of Fabio. So I think we would have to retroactively recognize that she played a better game than they ever showed us. But she's not going to win. So let's take that off the table. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if it's Jacqueline, then, I, yeah, she might be the worst ever, except that maybe she's, like, some kind of combination of Natalie White-Amber. And again, maybe, and also, oh, oh, and maybe Danny as well. Like, all those rolled in, because maybe, she, like, in the two hours that we still have left to go, she goes on, like, a crazy underdog run, and she knocks people off, and she has a great performance. So that's possible. Um, if If it's Keith... Yeah, no, no, he's the worst winner ever. Like, he has no argument yes. other than, like, yep. So, like, <laughs> the show has painstakingly shown us, for, well, one, ah, uh, that Keith, he's a kooky, fun character. Look at his local color. Uh, but the other thing is, wow, he is a complete giant moron. Like, they've showed us. Yes. They haven't hid that for one second. No. They'll show him spitting on himself. Like, come on. And then, uh, <laughs> Baylor, this it, is not going to be Baylor, so it's not worth talking about. It's almost like you could construct like a world like she was the underdog, like she was she should have been voted out. She saw through Josh's BS, all of that, but it doesn't matter. She's not winning, so yeah. yeah. So who's your winner then, Natalie? Uh, I, I think it's going <laughs> to happen. I, I, you know, I'm sorry, even though I've written a lot, of, like it might not be her. It's more like we got to stay vigilant. But they can't give us a winner like. These people, can they? Like, I said it. If it's Jacqueline, it's like a horrible disservice that they, like, all her story was John's story, you know? Right. Uh, and I mean, I guess they kind of did in All Stars, but I feel like Amber was a little more present than Jacqueline. And, uh, none of these people are Boston Rob. Um, cause, cause like, nobody's beating Natalie in the final jury. So it's more like, if she's not there, somebody else has to win. I think it'll be here. I, I'm, I'm, and also, I want to predict it because last week, or I guess, no, this week, I was in an unfortunate circumstance where it's like, Natalie is who I want to win. She would be a great winner. Uh, I like her, you know, all that. But it's like, oh, but do I really want to be so wrong so publicly? <laughs> so I didn't know what I was rooting for completely. Um, luckily, by the end, it was like, oh, John's going home. Like, they could not throw in enough circumstances of him saying, no, I'm safe. I'm not worried at all. It's like, okay, you're going. Uh, unless it's Jacqueline. Unless you play the idol. Uh, so by predicting Natalie, I'm all in. Uh, and in terms of, uh, I say Keith goes first. I think that would be, who, unless he wins immunity, obviously. But I'd say Keith is the first target. Uh, he's just more dangerous than Jacqueline, and it seems like it's been Natalie's plan for a while now to have an all-female Final Four, and that that's that's a little cool that the jury house is all dudes. Yes, and the outmatched females they were outnumbered from the beginning of the game would make it an all-female Final Four. So kudos to them. All right, so uh, next week we'll have one more episode. We will talk about the season that was and all of that stuff. As we do, and then, uh, thankfully, mercifully, bid adieu to Survivor San Juan del Sur. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to talk to us, you want to send us messages, if you just want to taunt me for my 90% certainty last week, how, how can they do that, John? They can find us on Twitter, at PurpleRockPod, or they could send us an email, PurpleRockPodcast at gmail.com. You can find our blog at PurpleRock podcast.wordpress.com or you could even send us a Skype voicemail, JR Purple Rock. 
All right, so uh, one more week. Hopefully it's a good one. Uh, anything else, Tom? Um, no. Then hit the theme music. <laughs>